Chapter 4 Mental Preparation This chapter is all about getting your head screwed on tight so it doesn't blow off, aka preparation for the big day. I know you are chomping at the bit for the actual potty training, but making sure your head is screwed on tight is a very important part of the how-to. Actually, it's an important part of parenting in general. The very first thing we have to do is get rid of any notion you might have of how long this process should take. I've already stated my piece about magical three-day training. Yes, it can take a child three days to potty train. It can also take one day. And it can also take seven. I find it very interesting that everyone adores the uniqueness of their children. We love that each one is as different and special as a snowflake. And yet, many parents want a cookie-cutter version of potty training. There's no such thing. It doesn't exist. Also, it infuriates me that your neighbor with two children thinks she knows everything about this potty training gig. While there are many potty training methods, there are really only two general systems floating around out there. One, rewards. Two, consistency and commitment. That's it. We are going to work with the second system. Your child is special. She has her very own genetic makeup. She has her very own learning method and speed. We have to honor that, okay? If there were just one way to potty train your child, absolutely guaranteed, no hassles in three days flat, that crap would be on Oprah, or would have been anyway. It'd be viral in seconds. We'd all know about it. But we are dealing with humans who react as individuals and have their own, albeit not exactly logical, thought processes and who not only know how to push your buttons, they actually installed your buttons. Using the potty is both one of the first things you actively teach your child and one of the first things he actively learns. What we are going to discover through this process is how your child thinks. Having a preconceived notion of how long this will take is really, honestly, going to muck things up for you. You will unwittingly put too much pressure on your child and you will drive yourself insane. Trust me, I know this. I see people getting tripped up on this all the time. You want to potty train with consistency and you don't want it to take a year. Realistically, I can tell you it takes most people around 7 to 10 days. Through all my years of doing this, I've come to believe that there's a truly magical window of about two weeks' duration in each child's life, during which he will potty train so effortlessly, it's amazing. However, when those two weeks are going to happen for any one kid is anyone's guess, and there's no outward signal as to when they are occurring. So when you hear one of those miraculous stories from your friend slash neighbor slash sister, they got lucky, is all. Before you actually begin any potty training, you will need to do a few things in preparation for getting started. Set a date. You need to pick a date to start the process. You can pick any start date. I usually recommend starting about two weeks after listening to this book. But really, tomorrow is fine too. The two-week waiting period is to prepare you and to give your mind a break. Chances are, you've been spending a lot of time lately reading up on potty training thinking about it, asking around the playground, fending off the know-it-alls, and feeling a little guilty every time you change a diaper. Give yourself two weeks not to think about it. Set a date that will allow you and hopefully your partner to focus fully on potty training for three or four days. Holiday weekends are perfect. 
This is the same sort of preparation period people go through when they pick a date to start a workout routine, a diet, or to quit smoking. It gives you that last hurrah. Set your date and luxuriate in diapers for those two weeks. The waiting period also preps you for a major transition in your child's life, from baby to little kid. I find some parents have a fear about giving up their baby. It's a bittersweet time and worth self-examination. It's my personal philosophy that we shouldn't try to hold our children back to fill our own emotional needs. In a bit, I'll offer some advice to help both you and your child cope with the emotions of the transition. Get a potty chair, or if you already have one out, put it in hiding. Every single parent who has attended my class has made the put the potty out so they can get used to it mistake. If you haven't put it out, don't. If you have and your child has only ever used it to pee and poop in, you may leave it out. If the potty chair has been used for anything else besides peeing and pooping, put it away. I also don't suggest letting your child pick her own potty chair. They'll inevitably pick one with bells and whistles, and you don't need that. This isn't a toy. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the Baby Bjorn potty chairs. If your child asks to use the potty chair between now and your selected start date, go ahead and let him. So, say you've set a start date for two weeks from now. He's been using the potty, but inconsistently. Still, it's in the bathroom and has not become any sort of toy. You can leave it out. During the two weeks between now and your start date, if he asks to use it, let him. But don't make a big deal about it. Just say, thank you for using the potty. You are not going to mention potty training. You are not going to give accolades. Just go with a simple thank you or a reflection back to him. You used the potty chair to pee in. Thank you. Clear your social calendar for a week, starting with your start date. Just to clarify, let's say you've decided to start potty training in two weeks on a Sunday. You will clear your calendar for a week, starting with that Sunday. I usually crack up at the look on mom's faces when I say this. Jaws drop, faces go white. What? Yes, clear your calendar for a week. Don't worry, working moms, we'll hit daycare situations in a bit. You will be home for the first few days with small outings planned. After that, you want to be at your child's bathroom beck and call for at least a week. The reason for this calendar clearing is simple. If you have things planned, you're more likely to get stressed out. What if your child had a lot to drink in the morning and doesn't pee and it's time for music together, story time at the library, a play date, or whatever? You are more likely to pressure him or get aggravated. You're tempting fate with an accident in the car. What if your child has to poop and you're in the one place that has an out-of-order toilet? At this point, you will be only three days into potty training. You will still have a way to go before you and your child absolutely know his signals. Set up yourself and your child for success. I'm asking you to clear a small amount of time. I've had parents practically flip out and tell me they can't possibly stay home for a few days, to which I respond that if you can't stay home with your child for a few days, you might want to change your priorities. At this age, your child should be neither overscheduled nor overstimulated with entertainment. If you and your partner are both full-time workers out of the home, I've got a whole chapter on daycares. That is its own ball of wax. 
In a full-time daycare situation, it's usually best to pick a three-day holiday weekend, and maybe even take an extra day off to make it a four-day weekend. The more time your child has to learn this with you in the familiar setting of home, the better it sticks. An interesting side note to clearing your calendar. Just one generation ago, kids were potty trained at 17 to 22 months. I truly believe it's because our moms, for the most part, were stay-at-home moms. I mean, stay at home. They didn't work at home. They had no computer for email and Facebook, no cell phones, no identities to preserve, no mommy groups, no play dates, no baby gymnastics, no music classes, and no swimming lessons. Now, I'm 43, so maybe I'm talking to a younger audience here, and I'm certainly not saying our moms exhibited the best parenting. But I do believe it was that stay-at-home factor that made potty training so easy. Between my mom and her three best friends, they literally had 20 kids in a 10-year span. All four moms used cloth diapers and none had a dryer. And each of those kids was fully potty trained by 22 months. If there's any pressure for your child to perform, it'll backfire and have you unnecessarily pulling your hair out. Do yourself a favor and listen to me. Clear your calendar. Please don't make the mistake of assuming your child is going to be the potty training all-star. They exist, but usually where we don't expect them. Do not think I'm making this up. Many parents have fallen prey to the fantasy, my kid is smart, he'll pick this up, I'm clearing my calendar for three days and then that's it. Back to business as usual. I don't have time for this to take longer than that. Again, trust me, that very thinking will lead to tears. Yours. One week before the big day. Start talking about throwing away diapers. Don't mention potty training. Don't mention anything about the toilet or pee or poop. Just mention as you're changing diapers, on Sunday, we're going to throw your diapers away. This should be level and calm and very loving. Don't show your nerves and don't make it a big deal. The logic behind this is it's not wrought with anxiety. Who can't throw away a few diapers? Geez, Mom, that's easy. This is also a great time to start with big boy-girl talk. Start going through the list of big kid stuff your child does. Kids love hearing about what they can do now that they couldn't do as a baby. This is preparing both you and your child for the end of this baby portion of her life. This particular phase in your child's life is also a place in which your language can generate a mixed message. See if these sound familiar. Who's my baby? No, honey, that's not for little kids. Stop that now, you're a big girl. So what is your child? A big kid, a little kid, or a baby? It may not seem like that big a deal, but being able to recognize and address this will come in handy. Sometimes our big kids need babying, and it's good when they can separate and articulate that. One child I worked with years ago came up with the phrase, I need some baby love. I thought this was brilliant and adopted it when training my own son. It worked like magic. Kids aren't so afraid of becoming a big kid if they know they can have some baby love when they need it. Right now, they're in limbo. We know they aren't really big kids, but they aren't babies either. To this day, Pascal asks for baby love. Actually, he calls it mama love, but it means the same. It lasts about 30 seconds, and then he's on to bigger and better big boy things. 
Still, it gives us that infusion of love and snuggles we both crave. So you've set a date, ideally giving yourself a two-week head start. You've put the potty chair away for now. You've cleared your social calendar for a week. And you've planted the idea, super casual-like, that you are tossing diapers out. Now, are you done done? With diapers, I mean. This is an added section of the book since the first edition because it didn't used to be such a huge problem, largely because we didn't used to have such huge online communities. What's the problem? Self-doubt. On the surface, it doesn't appear to be a problem, but in reality, it's the worst kind. It chips away at this process and makes it nearly impossible to potty train. I can always tell when parental self-doubt is the niggling issue underneath a child who just doesn't seem to be getting it. There are all manner of problems that can arise when you are teaching your child this new skill, but just not getting it shouldn't be one of them. If dogs have the capacity to house train in under a week, surely human children can do this as well. If you find yourself saying, or maybe you've already attempted potty training and have said, he's just not getting it, chances are self-doubt is your problem. I call it done, done. Are you really ready to potty train your child? Are you done with diapers or are you done, done with diapers? I know you are going to say you are done with diapers, but are you really? I find that most parents really can't wait to be done with diapers, but I also find those same parents are in two camps regarding the process of potty training their child. Sure and unsure. Where are you? Think about this carefully. It's the best indicator of how the process will go for you. Ask yourself a few questions to help determine where you are. 1. Are you going into potty training thinking you'll give it a try and see what happens? We've talked a little about the word try, but I mean it for real. Your head can't be in this place. Trying to potty train sets a clear expectation that you don't expect it to work. Why try? Instead, why not pretend that I single-handedly managed to blow up every disposable diaper factory? I dream big. Naturally, this takes place while I'm clad in a black latex catsuit. There are no more diapers. Of course, I'm joking. Kind of. Don't give yourself a wimpy start with, we're going to try. In fact, if you plan to try, don't bother starting. It's not going to happen if you try. It will happen when you do. Remember Yoda, do or do not. There is no try. Two, are you unsure that your child is ready? Are you worried that she's too young? Most of the first chapters in this book are to reassure you that it is not only possible but preferable to potty train when your child is younger. But if you still think your child is too young or somehow not capable, the process will be an epic failure for you. Ready is a nebulous concept. It's better to ask yourself, is my child capable of doing this? Answer this question deep in your own gut. Everyone around you is going to have an opinion, I assure you. Don't listen to everyone else. Listen to what your heart says about your child. 3. Why do you want your child to potty train? This is a tricky one. Be honest with yourself. Yes, pretty much every parent wants to be done with diapers. That's an okay motivator, but not a great one. It's like eating healthy to lose weight. You have to have a stronger motivator than that, or it crumbles under pressure. Also, look really deep inside. When I first met former client Elizabeth, 
it was because this whole process had fallen apart for her. She did everything by the book. Also, her child's learning curve was slow. She admitted, in a very vulnerable way, which I truly admire, that she was embarrassed. She wanted to be the first of her friends to potty train, and it wasn't going well for her. That wasn't the only reason the process fell apart, but it put a pretty powerful crack in it. Don't potty train right now because you want an all-star. Without fail, you won't have one. Don't do this to prove anyone wrong. What is a good reason to potty train your child? Well, to give him self-esteem and self-pride in mastering of a skill. My favorite kind of thank you, and I hear it often, goes something like this. I just love the look on my daughter's face. She is so proud of herself. I say it over and over. You don't hand your child self-esteem. She develops it by mastering tasks. That is a great motivator. Four, what do all your friends and immediate family think of you potty training? This is huge. If every day is a battle for you, all the people in your close circle are jamming down your throat that your kid is too young, you are going to have massive doubts. Potty train anyway, but be sure you get your head on tight beforehand and keep it there during the process. Perhaps don't hang out with any friends for a week. I cannot tell you how much a doubting circle of friends and family damages your resolve. I originally tried to potty train Pascal at 18 months because I know it's absolutely possible to do at that age. I'm a single mom, and at that time I owned a store and knew his daycare wasn't on board with my plans. I knew within the first four hours of our first day of potty training that it wasn't clicking easily for him. I realized potty training him at that time was still possible, but that it would take longer than a couple of days. I abandoned ship, and he did just fine at 22 months. The only reason I'm telling you this story is because my circle of friends at this time couldn't wait to gloat. I'm serious. See? Told you so. I phased them out of my life in short order. Screw that. For real. You should be able to potty train your child without everyone coming down on you. If only I could potty train on a deserted island for two weeks, I'd be fine, is a sentiment I hear often from clients. Don't let the naysayers get you down. I don't know why, but this is an area where people feel very free to tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. It's bizarre to me. Nobody would dream of telling you how to discipline your children, right? I think the problem of the naysayers has a deeper level, too. If you potty train your kids successfully, then the people who said you couldn't do it look like lamos. And you've just kicked their parenting advice to the mat. In other words, they have an emotional investment in your failure. So be wary of well-meaning friends who tell you that your child is too young, or that you are doing it wrong, or that you should just give your kid a freaking piece of candy every time she poops. Question these folks outright if you're feeling brave. Why are you so invested in when I potty train my child? Plus, I know this from Facebook, in short order, you are going to have some awesome bragging rights. But just don't go into potty training with that as the sole purpose, okay? Be sure you are ready to do this. Be confident that your child not only has the capability to do it, but that he will blossom in this newfound skill. Potty train for the right reasons, because it's time, because it's the next developmental milestone, and yeah, maybe to stick it to Big Diaper.
Be sure you have support around you or that you avoid the people who don't support you. I really can't express how important those points are. Yes, it's okay to be a little nervous. Some people have made potty training into a huge ordeal, largely because they waited too long and now do have real disasters on their hands. In the majority of cases, though, it's just not that big a deal. Sure, it's okay to have a tiny pocket of concern or doubt. Just don't go in with the pocket of doubt leading the show. I see this time and time and time again, and your child absorbs his attitude toward potty training from you. Whether you call it vibe or energy or nonverbal cues, the fact of the matter is that children absorb our energy. They feel the emotional undercurrent of any given situation. Your child can tell if you're sad even when you're putting on your happy face. Your child is extremely sensitive. All kids are. They don't have the layers of emotional armor we've piled on ourselves so as not to be so vulnerable. They will feel your vibe. If you are doubting, they will be doubting, and the result will look like they're not getting it. If your prevailing thoughts are, I'm not sure she's ready, guess what? It's going to look like she's not ready or not getting it. Expectations and therefore outcomes will be very unclear. She'll be getting mixed messages from you and they will confuse her. She won't have the words to say, hey mom, I'm getting two different things from you right now. I'm not sure what I'm doing here. Instead, she just won't get it as far as the potty training goes. If your mouth is saying one thing and your heart is saying another, she will be confused. Make sense? Now, for a few major modern-day issues that need to be addressed. These aren't questions and answers per se, but addressing these issues is definitely in the get-your-head-screwed-on-tight category. Nix the Facebook status, for now. For the love of all that is holy, please do not post on Facebook that you are starting potty training. When you are done, post away. Make it your status every day for a freaking year if you want. But if you post about starting potty training, you will immediately get at least 34 comments from all kinds of experts. I'm really glad your best friend used candy to potty train her kid, but you know better. Well-meaning friends are going to fill you with doubt. If you are experiencing troubles or doubts or just want to bitch, Join us on the Oh Crap Potty Training Facebook page, where you'll find like-minded mamas and lots of good support. Don't expect that on your personal Facebook page. Sleep. Yes, we are moms. We are the legions of the underrested. I'm talking about you, but more important, I'm talking about your child. Our children as a whole are grossly sleep-deprived. A two-year-old needs around 12 hours of sleep a day, and most don't get anywhere near that. The craziest thing about sleep is that a tired kid acts like a wired kid. So when it's around 7 in the evening and you think your kid isn't tired because he's chasing the dog around in circles, you're likely wrong. That kid is probably overtired. Another important sign of an overtired kid is if bedtime is a fiasco. Bedtime shouldn't be a hassle. If it is, chances are your child is overtired. Overtired kids are clumsier, have more freakouts and tantrums, poke at others, and are generally fussier. No, I want the pink cup. No, the blue cup. No, the pink cup. You know the drill. Of course, toddlers are known for their fickleness. 
but tired kids tend to go above and beyond with regard to the crazy. Fix sleep before beginning potty training. Always, always go for more sleep. If you and your child have been struggling with sleep, please get help before potty training. My go-to sleep expert is Alana McGinn of the Goodnight Sleep site. She's amazing at getting parents and children back on track with good, healthy sleep habits. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about sleep, but you really want this duck in the row before you begin. Potty train the kid you have. This is a good one. You have the kid you have, not necessarily the kid you want. You cannot change your zebra stripes. This is hard for us to admit and hard to remember. We all want the well-behaved, loving, courteous child. But we got what we got. And no matter what, our love is fierce. While you are potty training, be careful not to linger in the I wish he fantasy world. Deal with the kid and the problems you have. Your fantasies are irrelevant. Wishing your child would be different doesn't serve anyone. There's a lot of nature in this here nurture. The goal is always to work with your child's strengths. While working with a client, I never try to fix a perceived weakness. We build on what your kid inherently has. There's another aspect to making sure you're potty training the kid you have. If your child has a particular problem before you start potty training, say he's whiny or she's resistant or he's prone to histrionics and tantrums, you are going to have that same kid and the same problem while you are potty training. That's not a judgment. All these behaviors are normal, and there's not a single one I have not seen. The behavior isn't the real issue, in fact. The real problem is when parents somehow convince themselves that potty training is going to happen in a bubble, that all the other behavior your child typically exhibits is somehow going to disappear while you are potty training. Not only will it still be there, it may even get magnified for a short time. Again, it's all good. Just keep your expectations level. Pants, clothing, and independence. Does your child dress herself? You might want to get started teaching this skill if your child doesn't already possess it. I find it's something we don't even really think about until we start potty training, and then it's like, ah! It's important to remember that a lot of kids don't yet know how to manipulate their clothing. Nothing is more frustrating to you or to your child than knowing he has to pee and making the move to the pot only to get tied up in mangled attempts to get his pants down. Ah! A few things can help. First off, who the heck started saying, pull your pants down? Toddlers are very literal. While teaching them how to use their pants, use the words, push your pants down. That's really what they're doing, right? Definitely start having your child dress themselves. This, in and of itself, is huge. It gives them such empowerment. It also makes for some massive skill building. When you are teaching your child to dress herself, it can sometimes require a few more words than I'm putting your pants on. Remember, this is a brand new skill to her, so really break down what you are doing. I'm hooking my thumb into the elastic, see? And then I can grab them and push them down. Some parents have found a dressing party has helped. Much like playing dress-up clothes, Spend an hour trying on outfits. Make it seem fun. Practice is the key here, and most kids at this age don't get a whole lot of practice. 
and the pressure of a looming need to pee doesn't make for the best learning either. So set up some teaching time to get the pants down, literally and figuratively. I can't tell you how frustrating it is to be this close to consistent pee in the potty and have the dang pants mess your child up. This is also a good time to start really fostering some independence and setting some expectations. Have a set chore for your child, like putting his dish in the sink after dinner. This makes your child feel big and independent, but also envelops him in a feeling of being part of the whole. They love having and knowing their place in your home. Dads, partners. This is a doozy. Please be sure your partner is on board with this whole process. This is easier if you get them on board before you begin. At the end of the book, there is a dad's cheat sheet. I'm saying dads for majority, but other moms, partners, or anyone else who shares caregiving fit in this category. This can include moms if dad is the primary caregiver. Now, I want to be super clear here. I am making some huge generalizations based on my work in the real world. This entire section is not meant to alienate any partners who are listening to this. If you are listening to this, you are awesome. I've been told some dads feel left out and pandered to in this chapter, and I apologize. Please realize there are masses of dads who aren't fully engaged in parenting. It's been such a problem in the past that I simply can't leave it out without addressing it. Thank you for your understanding. Some partners really love listening to the book and getting involved, and some don't. A really good sign your partner isn't on board is if they won't listen to this book, or at least parts of it. I'm telling you straight up, this is going to be a problem. I think there are a couple of reasons some dads don't jump at the opportunity to potty train. I think one of the major ones is that they aren't used to doing the bulk of the potty-related work. Often, they didn't change the majority of the diapers, and they don't expect to be the major potty trainer. It's a common joke that men won't stop for directions. Well, consider this book Directions. And for a guy who doesn't want to ask for help, advice might be unwelcome, period. Also, the majority of dads are working, and I suspect that many come home and want to be the good guy. Further, they are tired and cranky themselves, so containing crap is not their idea of fun. I get it but remind them that this is temporary. Some men are super linear thinkers and don't really connect with the chaos of the toddler mind. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a situation like this. Mom's been working her butt off to potty train the kid during the day. She leaves the child in her husband's care for 20 minutes. The child has an accident. Mom asks dad what happened and he says, I told him to go and he said no. I think dads really expect that you only have to tell your child that he needs to pee in the potty one time and the child should fully comprehend and comply. If you sense resistance from your mate, try to get to the bottom of it before you begin. If you begin with a recalcitrant mate, potty training becomes straight up crazy. You'll spend your time battling and trying to prove yourself rather than teaching your child to use the toilet. This process of proving yourself to your mate will undermine your success by putting you on edge. It will also put a ton of pressure on your child, which will backfire on you. Particular areas of resistance include that some dads honestly and truly believe the child is too young. 
After all, the weird norm right now in our country is protracted diaper wearing and delayed potty training. So you might be battling against your partner's perception of what's normal or right if you want to potty train right now. Add to this that some dads think rewards are good, and as we've already discussed, this is reward-free potty training. Then there are the people who just can't commit to a process and be consistent. They tend to be wary of any one process or book and think there's something better out there. I've had many a dad question my process. One went out and bought two more books. Only after reading them did he come to realize I kind of have a good thing here. So, say you have flat-out refusal to participate or you are sensing some resistance. First off, don't ignore it. Yes, you may have a child who's an all-star and you can laugh in your mate's face in a couple of days and do the na-na-na-na-na dance soon enough. But my experience is that when one of the parents isn't into this, the process goes awry with your child. She's got two different energetic forces coming at her, and she'll be confused. Also, don't expect your partner to just stay out of your way. The problem is, unless your partner is gone for significant chunks of time, he will get in your way at some point. Your child is also destined to be in his care at some point. What you can do is try to have a heart-to-heart in a down moment. After sex, if you can arrange it. Kidding. Kind of. I mean, don't try to talk about it when there's chaos, like at dinner or bedtime. Try to get at what's really under his resistance. Bring up the various points I've mentioned. Ask him outright. Don't let him get away with vague answers. If he has a real, honest, legitimate objection, that's something you two need to discuss further and work out. If you suspect he's just not interested because he's probably not the one doing the work, not good enough. I think sometimes we moms trample on dads because we are the primary caregivers. Huge generalization, but you know what I mean. I've had dads that, as it turns out, were just hurt that the mom went and decided to tackle a huge milestone without their input. He's vital to this process, just as you are, so let's involve him right from the beginning. And let's understand and validate how he truly feels about this process, yeah? Oh, and when your kid is potty trained, you can expect dad to practically explode with pride and lap up the congratulations. Seriously. A word about potty chairs. It's a pretty good idea to have a little potty chair, even if you are morally opposed to them. We really want to foster independence. Your child most likely is a long way away from being able to manage the big toilet alone, even with a step stool. The potty chair is temporary. Soon, he will be big enough for the regular toilet. I am a fan of both potty chairs and inserts for the big toilet. I have no opinion whatsoever about where you keep the potty chair or how many you have around the house. Buy a pot for every room if you want. I wouldn't worry about any sort of bathroom etiquette at this point. I know some parents feel strongly about only doing poop or pee in the bathroom, but personally, I don't think it matters. Children need the convenience of a close-by potty. Privacy and bathroom etiquette will come naturally with time. I will, however, point you toward this. The Squatty Potty. It is the most amazing product ever. You may want to look into buying one as an extra step stool for the bathroom. I'll talk more about that in Chapter 10, Poop. Potty Training a Nursing Toddler If you are still nursing, right on. That's awesome. 
the approach to potty training won't be any different, but there is one little twist. Because you don't know exactly how much is going in, you have to be a little more alert as to when it comes out. I have to be honest, though. In my observations, breast milk doesn't act like just a beverage in the toddler body. It seems to count as food as far as the body is concerned. Here's what this means. If your child drinks 10 ounces of water or juice, you can be pretty certain you're going to get at least 6 ounces of pee out at some point. With breast milk, the math is not the same. Do not try to wean your child right before or during potty training. Potty training is a big transition, and your child won't be able emotionally to handle both at the same time. Plus, she may need the stability and comfort of your breast while acclimating to this other big new thing. Precious rugs, floors, or furniture. Most people I know with toddlers don't have much that's truly precious. If you do have rooms with expensive oriental rugs or items of furniture that cost more than your house, don't potty train in these rooms or make them off limits for a while. You will freak out when your child pees or poops on these, and there's no greater stall in potty training than a parental freakout. Casual is the key word here. Many parents, mostly renters or wooden floor people, confine their child to the kitchen for a day or just until the child gets the basics down. So, those are the major issues you have to tackle to get and keep your head screwed on tight. Once you are clear on those points, believe me, this process is going to go so much more smoothly. Go back and listen to the chapter again if you have to. It's worth getting the steps to mental preparation nailed down before proceeding. Once you've got your mind prepared, take a deep breath and cue up the music from Jaws. Dun-dun, dun-dun. Chapter 5. Ditch the Diapers. The How-To. So, you've done your mental prep. Your head is screwed on tight. You've cleared your calendars, and you are ready to ditch the diapers. Remember the timeline. We are taking your child's awareness from clueless to I peed to I'm peeing to I have to go pee. This timeline is potty training in a nutshell. That's it. <laughs> I want you to think of potty training as being made up of blocks of learning. I'm going to call them just that, blocks or phases. No matter where you are starting from, you need to think of the potty training process as a tower of blocks that you are building. If one block is not learned properly, the tower will be unstable and will tumble. Thinking in this way makes potty training so much more approachable. Breaking potty training down into blocks like this will also give you a really good idea of where and when things went wrong if there are any struggles later on. Parents who don't break potty training into blocks and have struggles often don't know where it went wrong. With the block approach, you can say something like, oh, he had block one down pat. It was only when we moved to block two that he started struggling. This is extremely helpful for troubleshooting. Because our kids aren't robots, there are all kinds of emotions, behaviors, and actual gaps in learning that can really muck up the final goal. The block method allows us to separate these things out from one another so we can figure out what's causing the problem. As a bonus, potty training doesn't look as overwhelming when we think about it in small chunks. Here are the major blocks or phases in order. 1. 
peeing and pooping while naked, either with prompting or without. Two, peeing and pooping with clothes on, commando, with prompting or without. Three, peeing and pooping in different situations, with prompting or without. Four, peeing and pooping with underpants, with prompting or without. Five, consistent self-initiation. Six, night and nap, unless you are choosing to do it all together. More on that later. Seven, college, probably still needing to prompt occasionally. I am going to walk you through each block and tell you how to do it and what you should be looking for. I'll give you some suggestions and a few heads up about specific potential problems. A more complete list of problems will be addressed in later chapters. I don't want to muck up the how-to by discussing every potential problem right up front, because many, many parents breeze right through this without a hitch. Okay, ready? Your start date. Block 1. I used to recommend that you make this day a really big deal. I used to suggest junky food and lots of juice and a really fun atmosphere. But over the last few years, I've changed my mind. It used to seem that kids loved a day out of routine. But more recently, it seems that such a deviation from the norm puts kids on high alert. I also have amended the junky food recommendation. I started potty training before I was a mom, and I thought sugar highs were kind of cute in other people's kids. Now that I'm a mom, though, and kind of a health food nut, I no longer find the sugar highs cute, nor do I think the junk food is necessary. We want potty training to be the new norm for your child, and the best way to do that is to normalize the process as much as possible for her. That's why we don't want the potty training start day to be so crazy and out of routine that it fills your kid with unease. I also have a theory that life these days is just moving too fast. As a result, I think all of our kids are getting anxious in general. I think the economy and politics and all these grown-up concerns are wiring our kids in a huge collective consciousness way. I think there are many issues associated with this collective vibe, even if we as individuals do our best to combat it. But really, that's another book entirely. For now, let's just say that it's best to begin the potty training process with both you and your child as even-keeled and level as possible. To that end, I suggest you start with as little fanfare as possible, so that you normalize this process as much as is humanly possible. Using the toilet is just something we all do as socialized beings. I want to remind you here, peeing and pooping are primal behaviors. You don't have to teach your child how to pee or poop. Through potty training, you are simply teaching your child where to put his waste. Putting his waste in an appropriate container is socialized, and our particular society, the appropriate container is a toilet. Here we go. To begin the first block of learning, take the diaper off your child. If you want, you can make a show of throwing the rest of the diapers away. Or you can simply say, today you are going to be a big girl and put your pee and poop in the potty. I'm going to teach you and help you learn this. Yay! It's very fun. You don't have to use those exact words, but you want to state what's happening very clearly. And you want to sound like it's cool. Think of how you would say, today we're going to the dentist, and try to hit the same note. You want to sound cool and casual, and avoid any hint that you anticipate drama. Clear, succinct, direct. Don't ask her opinion about this. Don't ask, 
okay? In fact, don't ask anything. We don't want to give her the opportunity to say no. You will be home all day today. Your child will be naked all day. Now, many people tell me that their child hates to be naked. Be that as it may, you really do need to have your child bottomless, at the very least. Much of the day is going to consist of you catching your child mid-pee and getting him to the potty. If he has any covering on his bum, by the time you see the pee, it will be too late. His bladder will have emptied. The other benefit to keeping your child naked today is that you will be more likely to see her signals when she is naked. Every kid gives some sort of signal right before she pees. It may be very subtle, but it's there. I suggest extra fluids today. Usually, a couple of juice boxes will do the trick. I'm not a fan of juice boxes, but they're great for this first block of learning. You can also have melon, other fruits, and ice pops. These all count as fluids. If your child is younger than 24 months, you should not push extra fluids. I have no idea why, but kids under 24 months can't handle the extra intake. Just give normal amounts of liquid to these little ones. The idea behind the extra fluid is to get a bit of practice in. Normally, your child may pee around five times a day. We want to bump that up a bit, just temporarily. A word of caution. If your child is sucking down fluids, I mean, like a ridiculous amount, it will backfire on you. His system will be so out of whack that he won't be able to do any serious learning. If this starts to happen, slow down with the extra liquid. Elisa's mom, a former client, contacted me almost in tears. The first day of potty training, Elisa went gangbusters on the fluids and pretty much was peeing as she was drinking. While it made for a funny visual, this is too much liquid. Look for the happy medium. We want more fluid than usual, but not tons. All we are looking for is pee practice. Now let me assure you, this is going to be the most exhausting day of your life. No, I'm serious. Your job today is to do nothing but watch your child. If this sounds unbearable, remember the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Still, I cannot stress this enough. Today you will do nothing but watch your child. Have fun projects planned. Play trains and dolls and puzzles. Watch videos, read stories, dance around naked. Let the dishes go, don't vacuum or dust, don't do laundry. You will be on your child like white on rice. No computer. Don't get on the phone. Don't read a magazine or book. I can't tell you how many parents tell me it went wrong from the first day. She just peed on the floor. I'll go through the day with them and learn that mom just had to get on the phone because of this, that, or the other thing, or had to check her email. You have to watch your child and help her get to the potty. She is not yet able to pick up on her need to pee without your help. If there is some pressing matter in your life, someone's in the hospital, you're on call, etc., then don't pick this day to potty train. One way to make this exhausting day sound easier in your own mind is to think of it as a great bonding opportunity. For me personally, after the first day of potty training, I felt closer to my son than I had in months. I felt a bond akin to that of breastfeeding again. Let's face it, around 18 months, our kids start showing some independence and we're thrilled. For the first time since birth, we can maybe sit for a moment with a cup of coffee and read an article. We very rarely watch every move our child makes. The house has been child-proofed. He can walk without killing himself, and we get a breather. 
Think of this day as a special opportunity to reconnect. I remember being surprised. There were all these little things he would do that I hadn't seen. Also, I figured out what was happening to all the damn Legos. Stacked way under the couch cushions. Who knew he had a secret stash? One mom reported to me, we had such a blast that first day. It was almost decadent to get to stay home and just focus on him all day and not rush around doing things. We played all kinds of games. It was just so fun, and he did so great. I was so impressed with him. What I really loved about this mom was how impressed she was by her son, though the way I see things, it took both of them working together to make that first day of potty training successful. Let's break this day down into minutia, starting with that first P. If you're doing your job, which is watching your child, you'll catch that P quickly. Don't panic. Don't scream. Just say something like, oh, oh, hold it, honey. Pick your child up and get him to the potty ASAP. Hopefully, you'll make it in time for some of the pee to go in the pot. Yes, you will leave a trail of pee behind. Once the pee is in the pot, you have lots of options depending on your child. You can high-five, dance around, have him look at it and empty it. You can make a big deal out of it, or you can just say, thank you, or wow, you did it. Don't make the rush to the pot frantic or scary, just quick. I suggest keeping the potty nearby at all times. You are not to ask your child if she has to go. Never in the coming week will you ask your child if she has to go. You will prompt her by saying something like, Come, it's time to pee. So, back to that first pee. Honestly, I've seen greater success from parents who wait for the first pee to start and then run the kid to the pot than from parents who randomly sit the kid on the pot to try to pee. Do you understand the difference? Some people maintain that if you just put your child on the pot every half hour or so, eventually they'll pee. A lot of daycares train this way. It can work, but I found it's more effective to wait for the child to start peeing and then get him to the toilet. I think this is because he makes the connection between feeling and doing faster this way. Just sitting on the potty and waiting for the pee doesn't allow him to connect the dots as quickly. Over the course of the next few pees, one of two things will happen. Either your child won't recognize that he's peeing, still clueless, or your child will notice that he's peed or he's peeing. Most kids skip directly to the I'm peeing stage which is typically characterized by a funny look on his face. This look is part interest, there's a certain fascination for him and watching himself pee, to be sure. But he'll also probably look at you like a deer in the headlights. Uh-oh, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Keep an eye out for this look. Often it comes right before the pee, and it can help you get your child to the toilet in time. The first day proceeds. By the third pee, she'll probably know it's coming one to two seconds before it actually starts. Rush to the potty. Each time she pees, she'll know a little further in advance, which will buy you a bit more time to get her to the potty. Watching your child closely this first day will also give you an idea of what kind of peer you have. Some kids do five little pees after taking in some fluid. Others wait an hour and then do one huge pee. Being naked, your child may very quickly catch on and sit by himself. A quick note about boys. Definitely have him sit down to pee for now. Hold his penis down for him and tell him what you're doing to teach him how. Don't have him attempt standing and aiming yet. 
Somewhere in block one, you should start to get good at noticing that look in your child's eyes, which is generally accompanied by some sort of physical signal that you'll begin to recognize. You may see him standing perfectly still or stop playing. He may or may not signal with his hands and or words. When you see the look and or signal, help him get to the potty. Are you seeing how this day works? Again, with all the fluids he's drinking, there should be a fair number of peas. Even if your child is a camel, though, remember, no asking if he has to go. Just prompt him every so often. Expect success. Most kids I've worked with get it remarkably fast. You may even be getting a few seconds heads up that the pee is coming. The first several peas may not go in the exact order described here. It may take your child a few peas before you get that extra second or so of warning. Just remember the general idea is to increase your child's awareness to the point that she can tell you before she has to go. If you're not seeing this progression of awareness, it's okay. I repeat, it's okay. It's really hard to determine how well things are going in these first few days. It's very common to have what looks like a disaster in the first two or three days and then have things magically click into place. Still, if you're worried that there is no progress, it's worth taking a minute to check in with yourself. Are you truly watching your child or have you gotten distracted? Are you making too big a deal of all this? There is a delicate balance between prompting and backing off. Remember, potty training should be an effort for you, but not for your child. Are you hounding her? In your child's mind, today should be about special one-on-one -on -one time with mom and or dad and learning a new skill. Don't let drama and your nervousness take over. Children resist when there's too much pressure. As with parenting in general, in potty training, if you are met with resistance, you must examine your own actions. I'm not placing blame. It's just that sometimes we don't realize the pressure we're putting on our kids. Remember, pressure can be either verbal or nonverbal, and kids are masters at picking up on your nonverbal cues. Few, if any, kids go straight from this first day of potty training into telling you with words that they have to pee or poop. This is important to remember. A lot of parents expect that the verbal indication will happen sooner than it does and are befuddled by the number of accidents their child has. From start date to self-initiation usually takes about three weeks for most kids, even super-verbal communicators. As for that first poop, remember how weird it is going to feel to your child who is used to pooping in a diaper. My advice, as with pee, is to wait for it to come rather than using the sitting and trying routine. Signals of an impending poop to watch for are an intense look of concentration, grunting, twitching, indicating physical discomfort, rubbing the belly, sudden crankiness, and retreating to a corner, under the table, or some private place. You then put your child on the pot. I really do suggest the little pot. The squat used to sit down will help ease the poop out. Have wipes or TP handy. Grab a favorite book or two and get comfortable. Read the stories to your child. If he grunts and screws up his face, just grunt along with him. Without over-talking, you can softly offer encouragement. I say softly because this is sort of an inward function. It's coming. You can do it. Ah, uh, go ahead, honey, let it out. Encourage, but don't pressure. If your child gets freaked out and starts to cry, keep her on the pot and just hug her. 
Look her in the eyes if that helps her. Some kids really need you to look them in the eyes if they're having a hard time. Though when things are progressing normally, most kids prefer not to be stared down. And let her know it's okay. If she's having trouble, it could be that the poop is hard, or she could just be freaked out. For the first few poops, most kids will go down to pooping once a day, you may have to read to her for a while. That's normal. Also, this is a suggestion I'll mention throughout the book that you can start with the first poop so it becomes routine. Put some thick books under your child's feet. We want her thighs as close to her chest as possible. This will mimic the squat position she knows and loves. It also physically helps the poop come out better. Have your child carry the little pot to dump in the big toilet. This is the reward. Let me tell you, most kids will love it. He'll be so proud and amazed at this poop, as well he should be. If it works for your child, give him more verbal praise and high fives. I also recommend helping your child connect feeling with doing. Wow, your belly must feel good after that huge poop. I've found that kids respond well to adjectives and exclamations like huge, tons, wow, my goodness, etc. Basically, anything with an exclamation point. Praise. There are a few different theories on praise. Some parents don't believe in praising at all. They'd rather have their child develop an inner sense of pride than depend upon external reinforcement. I personally think a good job once in a while is fine, though in my own parenting, I try not to say it over and over just for something to say. If you don't feel comfortable praising your child, you can always reflect back to them with no judgment. This would look like, oh, you peed on the floor, or you peed in the potty. Either praising or reflecting is fine. I do think, since there really is only one desirable outcome, that there should be something in your voice that says, yay this or no that. This often gets overlooked if you are someone who doesn't want to praise. You do have to let your child know in some manner that peeing on the floor is not good and on the potty is good. I don't recommend those words, but you must find a way to convey the notion because otherwise, you're teaching your child that it's okay to pee wherever, which is not what potty training is about. I'm particularly fond of having the parent say, you did it, and or having the child say, I did it. This gives the success over to your child as theirs, and for some kids, has more impact than standard praise or mirroring. Poop. Poop is a huge deal. Huge. So huge, it's got its own chapter. The longest chapter in this book, actually. For now, though, let's just address the single biggest poop question I get, which is what to do if you missed the poop or your child didn't poop at all on the first day of potty training. Most kids show some sort of sign that they are about to poop, but some can drop it like it's hot. If you miss the poop that first day, it's okay. The whole process doesn't fall apart. Get back on the horse. Don't let it undermine your confidence. Clean it up and say something simple and to the point. This is where reflecting back to the child is really helpful. You pooped on the floor. Poop goes in the potty. Sit on the potty to poop. Simple and direct. You don't want to scold your child on this first day, but it's very important that you communicate in tone, voice, and body language what you expect. This concept is brand new, 
and your child needs to learn the rules of the game. Don't use the words, it's okay, if poop ends up on the floor. For some kids, those specific words imply permission. If your child doesn't poop at all on this first day, or if she normally poops in the morning and doesn't today, it's okay. Again, we'll be looking at poop very closely soon enough. Pooping behavior generally changes during potty training. When wearing a diaper, most children poop as many as three or more times a day. During potty training, that typically goes down to about one poop a day. I don't know why this is. I suspect it's a natural consolidation and part of socialization. I mean, who has time to sit and poop three times a day, you know? Anyway, if your child doesn't poop or doesn't poop at the normal time today, it's nothing to be concerned with. As for holding poop, yes, it can be uncomfortable, but most children can go longer than you would think without a poop before most pediatricians will even blink. Your child is in no danger if he holds it for a day or two. I want to remind you again that your vibe is running the show. If you are freaked out or overly anxious about getting a poop out of your child, he will hold it. The best thing to do is to act super casual and assume the poop is eventually coming. A few notes about accidents in block one. Any pee or poop that ends up on the floor is not an accident at this point. It's a learning tool. Have your child help clean up and don't scold her. Use positive but simple language. You are learning. You pooped on the floor. Next time, your poop goes in the potty. Another thing many parents don't know is that pee is sterile. You can drink your own pee. I know, why would you want to? But you can. A quick tangent. I used to be a trapeze artist. We would regularly lose big areas of skin on our hands and legs to the bar. The fastest way to heal? Pee on it. I'm not kidding. Pee would heal up the skin in about a day. I performed with a girl who saved her pee and would bathe in it. Gross, right? Her skin was flawless, though. All by way of saying, yes, there really are freaky circus people, and no, you don't have to be afraid of pee. Okay, now it's nap time on day one. You will still use diapers for naps and bedtime, but you will now clearly and directly tell your child what is going on. I'm going to put a diaper on you for nap because you're still learning. You've done such a good job today, and your nap is a long time. You may not remember to pee when you're sleeping. When you wake up, we're going to take it right off. You've stated it clearly so your child knows what to expect and why. No child I have ever worked with has ever questioned this. It's like they know they'll be asleep and not in control of things. I've also never had a child bring up the fact that just four hours ago we made a big deal of throwing out said diapers. I would make sure to have a go at a pee before a nap. I used to suggest holding off on the nap if you hadn't gotten a poop in the morning hours. This is ultimately your call as you know your child's routine best. If you suspect a poop is brewing, you can slightly delay the nap. But I've come to the conclusion that having a tired child is the quickest way to derail potty training. So don't hold off on the nap for too long. We need your child rested. If he does poop in the naptime diaper, it's okay for the moment. If it becomes a habit, we will have to deal with it. But for the first few days, it's okay. Typically, the child isn't holding the poop in specifically for the nap diaper. Rather, there's been a lot to learn, and as he relaxes during sleep, the poop just comes naturally. 
you should dispose of the poopy diaper as you normally would. I do not suggest you let your child dump the contents of his diaper in the toilet. The entire process of potty training is teaching your child that his bodily functions go in the toilet. For him to do it in his diaper and then dump, that is not the connection we are looking for your child to make. After nap, continue on with the day the way it's been. You'll probably be exhausted. That's normal. Your child may be exhausted. That's also okay. Your kids had to learn a lot about something she paid no attention to until a short while ago. Many children may seem more needy or clingy. If you are still nursing, your child will probably want to nurse more. This is all okay and expected. I wouldn't put any sort of thought into whether the nap or bedtime diapers are wet or dry. If your child has shown progress during the day, a wet diaper means nothing. As your child gets better at holding it till he reaches the pot, he will naturally start staying dry. The good news is this happens in a short period of time. I will address actual night training at the end of this chapter. Also, in the beginning phases of potty training, he may not yet be fully emptying his bladder, so nap and night diapers may be fuller than usual. This evens out with time and practice. If you intend to give up all diapers, even for naps and nighttime, be sure to listen to the beginning of Chapter 6, Nighttime Training. It's actually a better way to potty train, but I understand that it can look overwhelming to attempt. If you partake in alcohol, please have some wine at the end of this day. It is also acceptable to have wine in your cereal when potty training. You deserve it. After this first day of potty training, you should have a relatively good idea of when and how often your child needs to use the potty. More important, your child should have a relatively good idea of when, where, and how to pee. Chances are block one has left you either elated or bummed. You may be stoked that you and your child both have a good handle on this potty training thing. Or you may be feeling like your child absolutely didn't get it. If you're feeling like this first day didn't prove so successful, examine where and when things might have gotten tripped up. Check in and be honest with yourself on what you may have done to hamper the process. I really encourage you to look at your own behavior during potty training rather than putting it solely on your child. Many parents have told me that their child is too intense, too stubborn, or too something, but, and I say this without judgment, Usually, these parents tend to be the same. So not only have the parents passed this trait on to the child, but they, the parents, act this way during the process of potty training. Know your own style and be willing to adjust accordingly. Try to strike the careful balance of being extremely attentive without being overreactive or overbearing. At this point, I also feel it's worth mentioning a particular phenomenon I see as a mom and as a potty trainer. Parenting has gotten oddly competitive in a strange way. Most of us know it's not healthy to push our children to see who can read sooner and who can spell or do whatever else better. Still, there's an odd thing happening that I don't even think most parents are aware of, which is a sort of reverse competitiveness. It's as though parents are competing to have the child who is most special because of a negative. He refuses sleep. She's always sick. He's so intense. She's never done what everyone else does. He never lets me eat, and so on. Please don't make your child special for not potty training. It's an area where it's just fine to be average. In fact, go in the other direction. 
If your kid's going to be special, let him be special for doing it quickly and easily. In any event, should you feel your child really hasn't gotten the gist of potty training after the first day, that's okay. Our 24-hour system dictates that you move on to day two, but it's totally fine if you're still in block one as far as learning goes. Blocks are defined by progress made, not by time passed. I can't state this enough. Every child is different. Remember that timeline we talked about? Clueless to I peed to I'm peeing to I have to go pee? Look for progress, not perfection. Nothing is really a problem on these first few days. It's vital to remember how new this is to your child. We cannot expect them to get it just because we say it. And this whole thing is a process, okay? If they need a little more time on block one, that's fine. For subsequent days in block one, you will go back to normal fluid consumption and work on getting the pee in the potty. End result. A successful completion of block one should look something along the lines of your child, while naked, can sit to pee and poop on the potty. This can be because you prompted, you led him, or he went on his own. If you do not see this, you are still on block one and should not move on until you see a successful completion of the end result. Don't expect perfection, but you should have a sense of your child starting to get it. The biggest indicator of getting it is how you feel. You may be tired, yes, but you should feel hopeful. If you are disappointed or even devastated, your child simply needs more time on block one, and that's fine. Block one normally takes anywhere from one to three days. As soon as you get a sense of hope or that a light bulb has lit up in your child's head, it's time to move on to close. You don't want to stay in block one too long. That can result in an only potty-trained-when-naked kid. And unless you live in a nudist colony, that's not really potty-trained. Again, block one doesn't have to be absolutely perfect. Move on when you have an overall sense of progress. We are paying more attention to blocks than days here, but, 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 most often the second day of potty training, whatever block of learning you are on, can bring resistance. We will discuss this in Chapter 7, Block 1 Drama, and 8, Block 2 and 3 Dilemmas, more fully. But I want to give you a heads up early on. By day two, the fun is gone. You are serious about full-time potty use, and your child is over it and cranks up the resistance. Expect it. It's normal and will bust through it when it happens. Block two. This block still requires your watchful eye. What we are most looking for is to get your child in clothes. Both you and your child should have a sense of when the pee is happening when you start this block. Again, it's not likely going to be in words. Whether with a look or a pee-pee dance, it should look like a light bulb of sorts is going off in your child's head, even if they indicate it by crying or noticing if they don't make it to the potty. That recognition is good. This is the end of the CD. The audiobook continues on the next CD.